Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing today? I'm hungover, Chris. This is the freaking weekend. We're recording on Sunday for the first time in ages. It's oh, the man. eve of the England-Italy-Euro 2020 final. It's all very exciting. Uh, so I'm going to have to just pile through my hangover, start drinking again, and hopefully England can come home with the goods. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a dangerous move doing these podcasts with Pete uh, on the weekend, or certainly before a big a big football match. And uh, <laughs> given you're one of the top football pundits in the world... Maybe mm. in the whole kind of universe. Who do you think is mm, going to win? True. I think England have got put every money chance. On? Put your money on. Uh, put your money on Calvin Phillips getting a, a red card. <laughs> Calvin Phillips money, red card. Put your money on someone getting a red card. Um, I think England have got every chance that they could do something here. Uh, wow. They don't like they don't like Percy players. The Italians. They're they're getting on a bit at the back. Uh, and if we can drag these players out of position, I think we're going to have a lovely time. Fantastic. A lovely Cannot time. Wait. A lovely time. I don't know. I feel I'm always feel quite pessimistic. I don't think I've ever seen England win. Well, certainly <laughs> not at this stage, right? When was the last time England's never got to this point? Have they? Well, they've never they, won. They've got. They've got to. They've got to the uh, point once before, and they won it um, in '66. So uh, yeah, it's 66. not happened. It's not happened for, it. since 1967. <laughs> yeah, I remember I went to see England play many years ago. It must be like 20. It must be 2006 or seven at Wembley. Mm. It was like a qualifying round against like Czech Republic or someone. Um, and they got obliterated. They just they just <laughs> failed, and everyone was really shocked. And I remember I I was really depressed that England had lost. And then we had to trudge out Wembley Stadium, which is incredibly busy, mm. and you can't get to the station easily. And then someone fell on the railway line at Wembley Station. So I remember just oh, standing no. in a crowd of a hundred thousand people for like six hours, defeated. Everyone's depressed, and that put a, a sort of downer <laughs> on my first and last time at yeah. Wembley Stadium. That's not ideal, is it? Yeah, Wembley Way is going to be very congested. There'll be so many people heading to Wembley, even yeah. if they don't have tickets, because there's a fan park and stuff. But if you turn up and you don't have a ticket, I mean, presumably, like, where are you going to watch the match? <laughs> Climb over the wall. Yeah, but, uh, a bit foolish. 
It's a double celebration, of course, because uh, not only <laughs> is uh, is uh, is England going to win, of course, the, the cup today. That uh, Richard Branson's going into space a few hours yeah, he's beforehand, picked his day, hasn't he? He's picked his day. <laughs> That's right, because he wants to beat good old Jeff Bezos and uh, Blue yeah. Origin. So he's getting on a Virgin Galactic flight. I think it might be two p.m. British time, actually, and mm. uh, off he goes into space. How do you feel about that, Pete? I'm, I imagine you're equally. Uh, as excited about Richard Branson going into space, I just, I just like that he's, he just really didn't think England were going to get this far in the in the, in the football. So he thought, I'll just I'll toss <laughs> off here because he would have been able to get he would have been in the crowd, no doubt. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, because he's moved this up, hasn't he? Because it was supposed to be happening a little later on. Then Bezos announced yes. that, uh, his thing's going to be taking place at some point. So then he moved his up, um, and and it's you know. It, if if you could sort of like um, if one thing could sort of characterise a successful space mission, uh, it's doing something quicker. <laughs> it's like, Absolutely, like, it, it's, it, I would not be wanting to do things quicker just to beat another billionaire's little kind of toy into space. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I would. <laughs> it's it's kind of like if I, if Sea Dog VA. Connor and I had a scoop to do like a new Disneyland theme park, and, the, mm. and Connor was like, "I'm going there in ten days." I'd be like, "Fuck it, I'm going now." And I'd try and <laughs> and I'm doing it's it. It's the live. same kind of thing. It's the same thing. Going <laughs> to space, yeah, yeah. going yeah, to an imaginary yeah. theme park to meet Connor. I, I get it. <laughs> but uh, good luck to Branson. Good luck to England. I uh, I've had a, a weird week filming all sorts of videos, but I did go on Trash Taste again, mm. the much loved super mega podcast with Joey, Connor, and Gant. They bullied me for like two hours because apparently I don't dress well, and uh, <laughs> and and they gave me a little photo of me as a fat anime character. Uh, oh. So that was great. Really glad I went oh. on that. that Not very fun. nice, is it? A little horrible, bit of organised bullying. What's their new well, studio like? It's it's insane. I I it's it's like in the middle of Tokyo, and it's two floors. Two floors oh, is very okay. open. So the two floors are kind of like almost one floor. It's almost like a, mm. there's a sort of indoor balcony. But uh, no, it's very impressive. Even I was a bit, little bit envious. I was like, God damn it. I film <laughs> I all the Born Japan videos in like a broom cupboard. I record the podcast in a wardrobe. <laughs> Why haven't I got a studio? So I'm actually looking for a studio in Sendai this week. Um, oh, part, the space race once again. Space, space race, race it's again. the same, isn't it? <laughs> I, just like Branson. British mentality, you've got to one-up everyone. But, uh, yeah, no, I've, I've found somewhere that looks quite good. It's a big old space in, mid, in mm. the middle of Sendai, and uh, it's, it's not quite it's not quite trash taste scale, but yeah, it could be good. It's just the idea of having some space to film in, not having to shuffle yeah. around my uh, my wardrobe every time I want to film a fucking video. Well, as you can see behind me, I'm uh, currently um, putting together uh, a, a wall. I'm, I'm currently sort of like, oh, I'll show you. Um, a wall. This is, this, is the, this is the rest of the studio. Wow, and I'm basically making, I basically made my own wall <laughs> behind me, and I'm going to be making so, more walls. With Pete uh, Donaldson's uh, moved, moved to a new house in Essex, ladies and gentlemen, and he's got like a shed at the bottom of his garden, <laughs> and he's made. It's a very fashionable looking kind of studio shed. I don't know yeah. what's the technical term for it. I think it's just like a little log cabin sort of thing. Log cabin. Uh, I've sort of made it more loggy by uh, I went to Wix <laughs> and bought loggy. a lot of timber, um, and I was yeah I've, I've covered like I quite like I quite like uh, what I've done to be honest. I'm quite surprised I did me on stud work, and so I'll be continuing <laughs> to make my little studio nice and uh, acoustically um, insulated, so um, my voice doesn't travel quite as much. So yeah, I'm excited. See what's going to look have, like. Do you have any Japanese memorabilia in there from your many many trips to Japan? 
No, I have lots. I mean, I've got behind me. I've got. Tell the, me uh, the samurai swords on the wall, mounted samurai like a, an altar <laughs> samurai swords in the bedroom. That's like a. Oh. That's, if a burglar comes, <laughs> that's my watch out, burglars. <laughs> I'll, I'll samurai you. Uh, but those two oh, um, oh things God. I'm showing you now, two plates on the wall, they're like. Um, wow. They're from they're Satsuma, I think, uh, which is like oh, a, the Satsuma line of Kagoshima. plates back back in the day. And uh, yeah, and uh, as you see behind me, there's some uh, automatons as well on the wall. Very really good. Sort of from here, but yeah, it it's is. all coming together nicely. I was, I was really surprised. But what I have done is um, to attach the um, insulating foam onto the wall. I've used this spray um, glue, spray adhesive, um, right. and unfortunately, my nearly something like four hundred quid bloody um, gaming chair is now covered in bits of glue now, and it looks oh very highly suspect. I don't know what I've done. I don't know. I won't be able to remove that. Very upsetting. It's like the asbestos <laughs> of the glue world, and it's yeah. all over your chair. Awful oh, bit. no. Never mind. Dumpy. Turning your <laughs> brand new log cabin studio into a toxic environment <laughs> and a health hazard. God. Uh, why did oh, I dear. do this? Oh, wow. Never mind. Well, well done. Good, good job on the studio. Good job. Good job, everyone. <laughs> We've got a story here from Grant this week uh, regarding Pachinko, Japan's mm. biggest game. Hello, Chris and Pete. My name's Grant, and I'm reaching out to you from Dallas, Texas. My now wife first introduced me to a in Japan six years ago when we were first dating, and I got hooked on the channel three years ago. Fantastic stuff. Thank you very much, Grant. While we are planning our trip to Japan in 2019, there were two big things I needed to do when I was in Japan based on your videos. Number one, go to Monkey Mountain. Um, <laughs> fucking brilliant detour, by the way. Good suggestion, Pete. Thank you. <laughs> and number two, find a foreigner-friendly pachinko parlor. We scoured the streets while we went from location to location, trying to find some semblance of life inside the various parlors we ran across. Um, whilst taking a bus towards our Airbnb, some automatic doors burst open. Inside, I spotted bright, colourful lights and a spark of joy coming from inside the building. I'd finally found that which I had seeked out for so long. We built up the courage to enter this establishment and finally engage in the world's most exciting game, involving such a numerous amount of balls and colourful seizure-inducing seizure lights. We walked in and immediately cocked our heads from wall to wall, trying to find any English somewhere in the building that might guide us to a counter or cashier to help us get started on our journey into madness. We quietly scurried through the maze of wearing machines and found nothing that might lead us towards our goal. We became discouraged by now we'd been in there five minutes which felt like an hour of torturous torturous searching we decided this was not going to be our day in pachinko land as we had hoped and decided to head out and look for a new bounty when disaster suddenly struck now i'm a fairly tall uh, six foot four guy and while i pride myself in my ability to stealth through crowds and tight situations i was not watching carefully enough where i was walking as the smoke in the air was thick and i was distracted by the disappointment the, <laughs> distracted by disappointment the worst happened and I accidentally kicked a bucket of ball bearings that one of the patrons had sitting on the floor behind their chair, and they all went everywhere, down the aisle, hundreds of ball bearings. I immediately dropped to the floor and scooped the balls up, dumping them by the handful into the bucket, scrounging around the floor, trying to get every last one. As soon as I was finished, I deeply bowed and gave an almost teary-eyed, come in sorry, and rushed out of the building. Oh, God, that's so, that must be so unimaginably stressful. Later on, while we were walking around Nishiki Market, we spotted a round one gaming centre and wanted to see how it differed from the ones we have in Texas. My eyes darted to the signage to see what was on each level of this multicoloured wonderland, and I spotted a familiar bucket of ball bearings oh god not again gone i found it 
foreigner-friendly pachinko machines. I marched my way up to the level of the building and had the most disheartening pachinko experience, watching bulls shoot through the machine and turning into points on a card. Disappointed. All the best, guys. Grant. Oh, dear. I mean, pachinko. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't see why it's fun. It is a bit like... It's a bit like torture walking through a pachinko parlour because you've got, like, smoke, more smoke... Uh, than you could possibly imagine. And then you've got the loud noise. You can't hear yourself think. And then the idea that you knocked over someone's bucket, I'm amazed they didn't kill you. Like That is like <laughs> the worst money. thing that could happen. That's actual money. It's such an inefficient way of gambling as well. <laughs> Honestly, Terrible. that whole kind of like the exchange of the balls for a, a card and then the card turns yeah. into money. It's just such a mess. And uh, I, I, a lot of the email, what I like about um, your email is, is uh, to, our emails to the fact machine is that um, – a lot of people are just sort of going, I'm like talking about how big they are. Like I'm six foot four. I'm gigantic. We have a lot of gigantic listeners. <laughs> we do. Yeah. All our, all our listeners seem to be over six foot. Yeah. And from Sweden. Um, but uh, <laughs> I mean, have you, you've, you've been through a pachinko parlor, Pete. Have you ever played the game? You played the no, game. No, I found it, I found it very confusing. I think I played one that was like, um, it was quite similar to Pachinko, but it was like uh, tokens rather than <clears throat> rather right. than the balls, um, because I, I, I just think it's just too confusing. I, even that um, Pachinko um, video that you did and other videos that I've seen explaining mm. what it is and how to play it, I'm still none the wiser. <laughs> I still yeah, don't know what I'd right. do if I would a load. That's the second most watched view, I th- uh, most watched video on abroad in Japan. Japan's greatest mm. gaming obsession, and Natsuki came down to try and show me the ropes. He taught mm. me absolutely fuck all of educational value. <laughs> but somehow he still he still came out with a surplus of bulls. Uh, and like the idea at that place was if you had more bulls than you started, then you would get a prize. And he won like mm. a bottle of 3,000 yen sake, which admittedly wasn't, <laughs> wasn't the tastiest sake. I don't know how long it had been there, clearly quite a while. But the, the thing about Pachinko is like, because you can't gamble in Japan, for those of you who don't know, when you win, <laughs> when you win the bulls basically – Say you, you get like 10,000 bulls for a few dollars or whatever. If you get like 20,000 bulls, you get a little coupon. You put it through a machine, you get a little ticket, and mm. then you can turn that into prizes. And there's a there's a separate building down the street, usually a block away, around the back somewhere, where conveniently there's just a, a random company that will exchange the ticket for actual money. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like they get around the loophole of gambling because it's like a vendor is like, oh, I just want to buy your ticket. Here's some money. It's a very clever <laughs> and very stupid loophole. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's a very weird thing. I still don't get pachinko, but I no. guess in the countryside in Japan, there's just nothing else to do. Nothing else to a do. A lot of people. Gamble. I, I, um, I went down to um, South End Pier, <clears throat> apparently the longest pier in uh, the UK. And, um, yeah, I'd never been to uh, I'd never been to uh, Southend Pier before. And it's just it's down the longest the in the world. Like a, yeah, is it in the longest in the world? Uh, well, and uh, and the, I mean, there's not a lot going on for most of it, and they've got a really slow train that sort of goes up and down. It. It's really f- funny, but I just it made me laugh because it was just like <laughs> funny. I didn't realize how close I was to a lot of arcades. Also, I was playing like Mario Kart and Turbo Outrun and stuff. I mean, uh, me and my partner nearly finished. The, one of the levels of Turbo Outrun, I was really impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I could just picture you playing the arcade, then getting on a – riding a patronizingly slow train along the world's longest <laughs> Yeah. A day in the, the life of Pete Donaldson. <laughs> That's oh my, my life Lord. now. It's a good life. <laughs> well, enjoyable. I, uh, we got a story this week involving a uh, – I mean, there's, there's always a story about how you can rent someone in Japan, boyfriends, girlfriends, parents, family. Um, there's another rent a middle-aged – Middle middle aged Japanese man service this week. 
nothing particularly special. It's probably the most underwhelming so far, right? Um, we saw Connor rent a, a boyfriend in one of his recent videos, and that hmm. that did very well. But uh, now you can just rent an average forty-seven-year-old man um, <laughs> for a thousand yen an hour, and apparently he's got fifteen hundred clients. Fifteen hundred people use this man's service. Right. Um, so clearly, he must be doing something right. But uh, the idea is. You can hire this guy, Takonobu Nishimoto, a 47-year-old fashion producer, stylist. He works as a professional osan. Osan means like a middle-aged man, kind of like Oji-san means elderly man. Um, it's a service that he started all by himself, and he's currently the only man available to be rented in this way. The ordering process is as simple as purchasing anything else online. You just add them to your cart, uh, select the time you want to meet, and then check out. And that's all there is to it. Uh, he's been doing this since 2012. And to date, he's had 1,502 people rent him out. And apparently 60% of them are repeat customers who basically just can't get enough of this guy. <laughs> but uh, amongst the requests he gets, clients uh, like to have him just sit there in the cafe with them to chat and drink, get a bit of life advice or some fashion. <laughs> amongst the most unusual requests are being rented out to visit sick people in the hospital that he didn't know uh, or to announce to one, one woman <laughs> to announce that one woman's marriage to her family uh, to, since her father had been looking forward to doing it, but passed away before he could. Oh, that's kind of nice. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, but uh, he's got he's got a very strict. And this is this is very important. Very strict, no touching policy. And like the boyfriend that Connor rented, um, that is made clear from the get go. So don't get any ideas about touching his hand. Yeah. But if you're in Tokyo, don't touch Takanobu. Don't touch. <laughs> Don't, Don't touch, touch Takanobu. Sounds like another game <laughs> show waiting to happen, doesn't it? Um, but if you're in Tokyo and, uh, you know, you're alone, you want some company, you want some fashion advice, you want a, mm. someone to meet touch, a sick relative. Touch in to- Tokyo. Don't touch, touch Takanobu in Tokyo. Tokyo. <laughs> what do you make of all this, though, Pete? Like, it, it's, I, I, mean, I, I think just, we're kind of desensitized to it now because we, we've had these sort of stories so much. Right? <laughs> it's, everything's a business, isn't it? It's like late-stage capitalism, this whole thing. Um yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know what I'd do with him. I'd admit he could maybe help me um, put up some stud, stud work in the walls to, to build my studio. Maybe he could help me build my studio and dispense some much-needed fashion advice. I mean, obviously, uh, the Trash Taste Boys are very critical of your particular oh, no. uh, style. Maybe this guy oh, could God. help you out a little bit. <laughs> I, I, maybe I should hire him. I mean, I don't think that video would do quite as well as Connor's. Connor rented a boyfriend. What would mine be? It's like I rented a middle-aged a Japanese man for the day, you know, <laughs> and just went and had coffee and talked about how crap my fashion is. It'd be a really somber, <laughs> depressing afternoon, wouldn't it? I don't know how, how I feel about that. Maybe I just hire yeah. him as like an actor for a film. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess, I guess. Yeah, would you be? Would that be like a really easy way of getting um, cheap, cheap, you know, workmen or cheap acting work? Or just if he's only like a thousand yen an hour, I mean, that's not that much money, really, is it? Well, that's the thing, right? Like on the one hand, it's it's a reasonable price, but you could you could definitely exploit this man. And this is this hmm. is dangerous territory we're getting into now. But like, you could like, uh, you know, tackle over. I've got to redecorate my house. Can you come over? <laughs> uh, you know, two thousand yen. Yeah, here's some paint. You just paint the wall for me, mate. Yeah. Cheers. Or, ju- or just kind um, of like help you move house, or um, take yeah. a driving test for you. <laughs> I, I get the impression he doesn't really do that sort of stuff. I wonder right. if it's more just he'll he'll ask you what you actually want to do. But I don't know. That's, that's <laughs> there's a whole grey area there. <laughs> Exploit Takanobi, but not yeah. a nice guy. I think it comes all it all comes down to that sort of culture in Japan where 
if you ask someone to help you, friend or family, you always feel kind of heavily obligated to, you know, help someone or do something in return. There's a lot of obligations. So you can sort of get around that by just paying for someone with money in the same way people go to hostess bars to flirt with women. Uh, and it's really easy and effortless as long as you've got some money. So I guess it's the whole kind of aspect of that. But it is bizarre. <laughs> but I, I think I, I don't think there's anything else. I don't think there's any other person or type of person that you could rent that could surprise us at this point. We've had literally mm. everyone, haven't we, by now? I, th- I think, yeah, we've had, I mean, it, it's never got really dark. It's all very just uh, just weird kind of, um, We I will come and, and um, sit silently with you in a cafe or something. <laughs> or, <laughs> or pretend to be your husband. I mean, it's, uh, on the one hand, it's wonderful. On the other hand, slightly grim. You decide, guys, let us know. Um, speaking of grim, <laughs> or uplifting, depending on how you look at it, it's an uh, instant karma story this week. As we all know, uh, on the trains in Japan, certainly in Tokyo, it's quite busy. There are a lot of perverts around. Um, I don't. I, I know a lot of girls that have had uh, issues on the old Yamanote line at uh, busy times. Mm. And there was a really cathartic video that came out, I think, two years ago, of uh, some girls chasing this perverted man that had been really unpleasant to them on the train. They sort of chased him down a platform. And as he was getting towards the stairs, someone just stuck their foot out and he just tumbled over and <laughs> fell over. And uh, you know, it was kind of... It's kind of cathartic. And uh, we've got a story here that's similarly cathartic um, in some respects. Uh, On July 5th, shortly before 8pm, a woman on a platform at Shibuya Station said that a man was taking voyeuristic pictures of her. Uh, When a police officer approached the man to ask what he was doing, he jumped on the tracks of the Yamanote line and started running in the direction of Harajuku. What was he thinking? What an idiot. Like a lot of rail hubs, um, you know, Shibuya's tracks are elevated over the station, over the main roads. And um, he came to a point where it was a, a classic movie scene. Do you jump off the bridge and try and escape the police officer or do you keep going ahead? He opted to jump off the bridge and he sort of did a half rotation, belly flopped onto the concrete and oh, no. uh, I think he broke his legs. And uh, oh. his getaway was very much short-lived. Um, <laughs> apparently, similarly, a similar, uh, a similar incident had taken place just a short distance away. Uh, a mere 12 hours later, it might have been the same man. Um, but I don't know. I, I, get, I, I do feel, no, I feel like he deserved it. As long as there were actually, was actually taking photos. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just then, then just, <laughs> his poor man just taking photos <laughs> of the tray. But I'm sure, um, I'm sure if, if the woman called him out, he was doing something rather unpleasant because unfortunately most cases of this go unreported. Um, the girl that I knew who had someone I think, touch her on a train, she couldn't she couldn't see who it was because the train was so mm. busy, right? You just feel a hand and then you don't know who it is. So, well, at least justice was served in this case, but it's it's, it's sad it has to come to this. Yeah, and you know, running down the tracks is a little. It's a little bit extreme, isn't it? <laughs> at any point, if you find yourself running down the tracks, maybe just get off the tracks and just take your fucking medicine. And take him worm. and sort of just sort of showed he was guilty, right? I mean, would an innocent man do that? The word yeah. no springs to mind. Mm. I don't know, but the sad, the sad reality of uh, the Yamanote line in Tokyo. Uh, we'll be back after this quick break with the fax machine. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realize that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stresses. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p.com/japan. Join me Jaguar, the host of BBC Introducing Dance on Radio One, for my brand new podcast, Utopia Talks. It's a reactive platform to discuss issues that my generation care about in dance music culture and the wider world. I'll be talking to some of the biggest names in dance music, including people like Heidi. The lineups do not need to be 99% male-driven. Mm. There's all these interesting new producers and women that are coming through. You know, all sorts. Yeah. It's like women are speaking out now. And the sensational Bless Madonna. I feel like literally my entire life has led up to this. This is the first event we've had like this, not just in the UK, but really in the Western Hemisphere. And to be able to be here with all of these people who are so happy is just absolutely the biggest, highest joy of my life. As well as having the meaty conversations I often have with friends that I'd love you to join in with. There's so much new energy coming out of the pandemic, and there's so many like new nights and festivals, yeah, yeah. and everyone's really pushing for this new structure where people genuinely don't feel anxious、mm-hmm. about coming to a club night because of the way they look or the way they dress. It's more about everyone in. To me, Utopia is a perfect moment. It's togetherness. It's the future. I want to live in a more inclusive, equal world, and I hope this podcast will build a community and help create change. 
Subscribe now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. New episodes dropping every Wednesday. Welcome to Utopia Talks. Utopia Talks is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week, Mr. Dawson? We've got a message from uh, Lars. Hello, Lars. Hi there, Chris and Pete. Whenever I listen to the podcast, I often think that I should uh, reply and share some of my stories. I've been to Japan four times now. This is my first trip to Japan 10 years ago, and I can't wait to go for a fifth time. I, however, have a love-hate relationship with Japanese toilets. I do miss those heated seats when winter comes around, and the technology in these seats is just amazing. But it's not all great. I am reminded of the time I approached the bathroom of a Mossberger. I opened the door, and the toilet seat opened automatically. I had not yet seen a toilet uh, do this yet so uh, you can understand my excitement at this wonderful welcome as a guy i have the privilege of standing while i pee midstream the toilet decided to flush i was slightly surprised that it did this i didn't think i'd peed that much the flushing abruptly ended and the lid closed you can imagine what happened next i will never trust those automatically opening seats again uh has, has japan ever sort of let you down in a surprising uh, way uh, chris <laughs> last wants to know <laughs> I don't think I, I. I certainly. I feel like those toilets can be a bit dicey. I remember I was I was sick once. I'd eaten something uh, dodgy, and I had my head in the toilet. And I remember the hose thing started to come out, like the oh, hose no. that you can use the bidet thing. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, stop! And I'd like hit the buttons and slam the buttons next to me to like abort it. But I remember we have had listeners who have sent stories where they've done that, and then they've just got sprayed. And that is <laughs> just be careful when using the toilets in that way if you're. If you've got a bad stomach or you're being sick, like yeah, yeah don't don't put any pressure on the actual seat itself because that's what uh, that's what triggers it. I think because if you if you yeah, yeah, if yeah. you sort of leave off the seat, if you lift off the seat, uh, the spray stops obviously because they don't want um, you know you standing up and spraying. So just 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 don't um, just don't, don't lean put on any it. pressure on the seat. Just don't lean on the seat. <laughs> a very useful point to take away from mm. this week's podcast. Might <laughs> save you some uh, unpleasant situations. Megan says, "Hi, Chris and Pete." Like many of your fans, I was inspired uh, by both of you to travel to Japan. Um, assuming the pandemic doesn't stop, I plan on coming to Japan in November 2022. I have two sources of mild anxiety about my trip that maybe you could ease my mind about. Number one, I've been casually learning Japanese just for fun in my spare time. I'll be nowhere near fluent at the time of my trip. But what are your thoughts on using my limited Japanese when able? Will I look stupid, silly? or arrogant. Um, I'll be travelling to Osaka, Kyoto, and Tokyo, um, so I understand I could probably get all right by with just English. Number two, we don't eat a lot of seafood where I'm from, so I never de- developed a taste for it. I listen to you talk about sushi all the time, and it sounds mouth-watering, and I would love to try it myself. I try not to be a picky eater and always tell myself to try something before deciding if I don't like it. My cause for concern... Uh, is that when I eat something I don't like, I cannot disguise my feelings on my face. Would you recommend I avoid <laughs> trying real sushi and other seafood options first? And uh, what if I stay a night in a Nyokan? Should I not order the meal option with the room? Thank you for the answering the questions, guys. Hope they weren't too long. From your friend Megan. I mean, uh, you've used your limited Japanese and you've never felt embarrassed about it, right, when you come here? No, proud of my limited Japanese. He's proud. <laughs> He's proud. One more beer, please. <laughs> <laughs> What's that word you always say? There's always a word you say that's, uh, I'm always bewildered how you know it. Jet lag. Jet lag. Jet lag, I'm obsessed with jet lag. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of in that camp, I feel like, if I, you know, if I if I'm trying to go to Spain, for example, would I use my Spanish from like 
15, 20 years ago? And the answer is probably no. Um, <laughs> although, you know, they'll probably they'll be nice about it in Japan. They won't be awkward about it. But the odds are, if you don't really know that much Japanese, then just sort of stick to English. And uh, hopefully through hand gestures and simple words, you can get your point across. And as for sushi, I mean... It's awkward. I it's not fun going to a restaurant and then pretending not to enjoy the food, especially with <laughs> make sure the sushi chef isn't standing right in front of you. Like I've had times where I've not eaten some weird fish, like fish eggs or something, and uh, you know the sushi chef has looked a bit disheartened and bit disappointed. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not nice territory to get into. So you know if you are she staying at the club, especially when they're holding like a twenty thousand dollar knife that could cut through air, <laughs> like. Uh, with a Ryokan, if you you know, look at the menu beforehand and I would recommend eating a traditional Japanese inn because the food's so damn good. But uh yeah, if it's a seafood heavy meal, best avoid it if you think you're not gonna eat it. They don't mm. take kindly to uh food wastage in Japan. Motai nai. Motai nai as they say. Don't waste it. Motai nai. Uh, got a message nai. from final, uh, final uh, one of the pods. Uh, James from Edinburgh. Hello, James. Uh, I started listening to the podcast while at the gym, uh, trying to have my arms look less like twigs. Uh, this week I realised I'd caught up with every episode, so I decided to write in and make more content for us. Thank you, uh, James from Edinburgh. <laughs> I have a question for Chris. Do Japanese names have certain connotations? The way names like Philip or Margaret sound posh to us. Ooh, interesting. I mean, to ja- uh, I mean... N- certain connotations what does philip mean to you what does margaret what's what does that connote to you pete yeah philip i mean in my generation philip was a relatively uh kind of normal name i think it wasn't completely posh but yeah and also margaret in my that's my nan's name so i think of peggy i think of uh of 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 the 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 peggy i don't know why peggy is the short form of margaret it's very very weird but it is (laughs) (laughs) i'd have thought about that i um Mm. I don't know, really. I, I, I mean, obviously, Japanese names written in kanji characters, so they have some sort of meaning there. I don't know what Natsuki's name means. I should probably look that up. Probably means big, big smoking. Big problem. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, I don't know. I have to look into that. That's, that's a tough question. But uh, mm. no, in short, I don't think so. But I'm probably wrong there. No, no, I guess they do, though. If you look into the kanji, the meanings, yes. Whenever I meet a Japanese person, often... They do like to sort of say, my name means this and my name means that. But I've forgotten right. what Ryotaro and Natsuki's names mean. So I'll look that up for the start of the next episode. And Lovely. I've just remembered the word that you know, Pete, that I'm always surprised you know, and it's chigaimasu. Chigaimasu. Oh, chigaimasu. Which Just means like different. It's different. <laughs> but it's kind of the polite way of saying no in Japan, right? Right. Okay. Oh, no, it's not that. It's different. <laughs> Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into Abroad Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back to do it over again on Thursday. But for now, guys, go England, unless you're from Italy. Well done. Go Italy as well. Yeah. But mainly go England and go Richard Branson. Let's hope it all goes smoothly. <laughs> Otherwise, it could be an awkward, an awkward next episode. Uh, but for now, yeah. guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend and we'll see you later in the week for the next one. Bye for now. It's coming home. It's coming home. Abroad in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.